0: I'm Brittany Ashley, and I'm Laura Zack. and this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. A whole new world, don't you dare close your
1: eyes, a very stressful new endeavor. This is a really scary editing software. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I guess we'll find out on the cast tonight. Good teenagers, take off the
0: clothes. <laughs> what? Did you ever watch the creepy parts of Disney movies? Uh. That was that was hidden audio in Aladdin of the voice actor who played Aladdin saying, "Good te- good teenagers, take off the clothes. No, I didn't. I'd never heard that. This was my jam when I was a young girl. My way to get to know people was I had a, I, this was my move. I would ask them over to my house for the first time and would be hanging out in my room. And I'd be like, So, have you seen the uh, dirty parts in the Disney movies? They'd be like, No, what? And I'd bring up a pile of VHSs and I'd do first The Boner and Little Mermaid. Ew. Uh. Then I would do the, uh, sex spelled out in the dust and um, or the like sand that gets kicked up in Lion King, and then I do. Actually, I think I do Aladdin second. And Aladdin was there's a moment where, Aladdin and Jasmine um are out on her balcony and her tiger is attacking him, and he's like, "Good tiger, t- good tiger, whoa, 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 whoa," and then he's like, "Good teenagers, take off their clothes." I. I don't even
1: know what to say.
0: I can show you those parts. I can show
1: you those parts. You've never
0: seen any of those?
1: I mean, of course I've seen those films. They're classic films. But
0: no one's ever showed you that world.
1: Not that world. Damn. Not those shining, shimmering splendors. I wonder if that's
0: why, like, I feel like this is all indicative of why I watch porn now and you don't.
1: Yeah, because I just thought everything was so innocent.
0: Yeah, where I whereas I was, which I don't think I come across that way as the one who's like finding the secret boners between the two of us in general. Like people are su- surprised that I'm a Slytherin. People like I feel like you're a little you're a little scandalized right now.
1: Yeah, it's very jarring.
0: So we're going to be honest with you guys. There's a little bit of a funny timeline thing going on right now because we are recording this on the eve of Buffy Prom. We are going to Buffy Prom tomorrow, but you are going to hear this after we've already been. So we unfortunately will not be able to regale you with everything that the evening was, but we will next week. Um, But we do have an important announcement.
1: This is very exciting. It's huge. I'm overcome with emotion,
0: which is that, well, you thought that your time with us was coming to an end when Daria ends at the end of next season, season five, but au contraire.
1: Au contraire. That is French.
0: Oui. We. Yes. <laughs> we, we. we, we. We are still going to be around and we're going to be
1: kicking it over on a new podcast. That's going to be a Buffy slash buffering spinoff about Angel
0: called Angel, Angel on Top.
1: Top. It's a very obscure reference that I really hope someone gets.
0: Why don't you tell them what, what the reference is? Or you want to see first? Give them a week. To... I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a week. And, um, you know, send us an email. I do enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, and then I'll tell you next episode what it means. We get email? La, 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 la. La, 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 la. This is my style. Had to get up, or I might fall. Excuse me. Excuse me. Season 4, episode 10, Legends of the Mall. And let me tell you, we only saw an exterior of the mall.
0: Yeah, what a misdirect. This was way more about legends than it was about the mall.
1: Yeah, like... The legends actually had nothing to do with the mall. Well, it's kind of like when you think about X-Files, it's like there's no x's even in there you know what i mean am i right mm, mm, <laughs> this mm. thing on
0: i mean technically there are some x's that show up but you are right but um
1: what about but, the um, files but um bum ching
0: <laughs> i think is what you meant to say uh
1: how many how many files are in that show a lot
0: there's there's entire cabinets of them
1: all right that checks out
0: Oh, I do still want to believe, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Oof,
1: that was like the weirdest side I just watched.
0: I haven't been watching the new episodes though, because the last I like um,
1: forgot that that Sema thing.
0: The last batch I found to be aggressively disappointing, so I haven't given the 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 last batch of like the reboot.
1: Reboots are hard. Yeah. I mean, except for Queer Eye, but that's just its own anomaly.
0: I do love. Also, that show has single-handedly produced the greatest gifts. The gifts, gifts and gifts. Yeah. I feel like it is a whole new just treasure trove for Twitter.
1: Who gave us permission? Mm.
0: Um, Also, this episode of Daria... Felt a little bit... Jonathan was in
1: it. Wait, who's Jonathan? Uh, From Queer Eye. Yeah. He came in and was like, yes, honey. Oh, I wish. I would love to
0: see an animated Queer Eye, too. I just want to see... Oh, wow. That'd be great. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Also, if anyone wants to just hire me and Brittany to go... Just to go, like, fix some straight women's lives happy to do it although i I've feel like our advice of, <laughs> i got a
1: list of some that we can start with
0: <laughs> you keep like a blacklist of straight women who need help yeah um
1: honestly though i feel sometimes like sometimes i forget that like there are straight women
0: well are there really yeah well i guess everyone's identity is valid but are there really <laughs> <laughs> what is it uh it's like the noodle thing.
1: Ew, don't say it.
0: Okay. Oh, we have fun. We have fun. <laughs> so, not a huge fan of this episode, honestly.
1: There's, It
0: was cute. I respected what they were trying to do, what they were
1: going for. There was a, a vignette that I really enjoyed. We'll get to that. No, I'll just tell you now, which is that I want to see a whole horror film about Metal Mouth.
0: Oh, for sure. I feel like um, that was the strongest of the three invented legends, which did all
1: three of them come from Jane? No, one came from Sandy, uh, from Sandy, and then the other came from Trent. Wow,
0: I've got Jane on the brain. Jane brain. And Jane in the mem Jane. <laughs> Getting Janey with it. na, 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 na,
1: na, na, na and jane and the am jane
0: <laughs> all right you know what when you find a good thing stick with it uh, so we start off this episode Brittany's still trying to think of <laughs> jane songs
1: <laughs> hit me Janie, one more time
0: oh janey janey did you have that one ready to go you bitch no, I was I was responding to your... That was more of a collab. Mm. It was Britney on Britney. Spears, I mean. Cool. Spears on Spears. <laughs> <laughs> but we start off this episode with another reminder that the more things change, the more things stay the same. It doesn't matter if you go to an entire basically like sleep away camp that's all about introspection and therapy you're still gonna have the same dynamic with your wife that's what oh, i learned oh yeah about jake
1: yeah. yeah because jake is still just trying to prove that he's not incompetent um by being incompetent and and the fact that he even has any responsibility at all stresses him out incompetent and angry simultaneously So Jake's responsibility is that he is supposed to pick up Quinn and the fashion club from the mall because Helen can't do it. And Jake tries to, yet his car stalls out. So Daria gets a phone call, and it's from Quinn, who Quinn is mortified to learn that nobody can pick them up from the mall because it was their responsibility to, and now they might have to take the bus. So the rest of the fashion club is pissed off at her. Because apparently the bus is a bad thing,
0: right, just a little just a little homegrown classism for you, just sprinkled in, but the fashion club you know has a lot of lessons to learn and and Jake is freaking out because it's clear that he's buckling under the what he what he's anticipating of Helen's criticism of him, like he's supposed to have picked up Quinn and have the lasagna ready,
1: and meanwhile we we watch the fashion club get dropped off at a destination off the bus that they're not very familiar with and we flash back to our first urban legend which is the rattling girl of lawndale and this one was truly terrifying i did not like this whatsoever
0: yeah it's sandy telling a horror story and and when as as these characters are telling these legends we get like a flashback with the characters we know and love playing like, characters within the story. So this one is meant to take place in a 60s version of Lawndale. Mm-hmm. And um, Sandy's talking about the most popular girl at school who wanted to lose weight in her
1: eyelids. Yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's all very, it like it's makes, dark. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it doesn't say how she lost the weight. I assume some yeah, sort of... Yeah, she
1: only drank water.
0: Right. So just classic anorexia.
1: But the way that she got kind of like thrown into this tizzy is that someone said that she was almost perfect. So in her mind, she wanted to reach this like perfect level of of a beauty standard. And she thought that losing weight in her eyelids was like the key to it. And this kind of touches back to the episode um, about the art competition this is now like the second episode that's really tried to hit home the societal beauty standards and eating disorder connection.
0: Right. And and so this, this Sandy-esque character does lose the weight and shows up at her school dance, is incredibly popular with the guys. She looks like a Skeletor, but it worked. And everyone is super into her until they notice that there's a rattling sound that they can't identify, and it turns out it's her bones. It's those
1: bones.
0: They're so loose and rattly under her skin, which, you know, doesn't make sense. Doesn't
1: make sense whatsoever.
0: But uh, still
1: terrifying. Dem bones. And that's the last anyone has ever seen of her. However, she still haunts the school. And so... So the same friends that she had, they were too afraid to fall asleep because they would be afraid that they'd hear her. Their eyes were completely bloodshot because none of them could get any sleep. So she continued to haunt everyone with the sound of her rattling bones.
0: I think each of these legends sort of reveals more about the teller than they do about any oh, yeah. anyone else. And, and in, in this case, it's like Sandy's dysmorphia and and you know, set of priorities. I mean, it's interesting that the story ends up kind of like making light of or making fun of the woman who went to those extremes to meet a beauty standard, but still kind of simultaneously makes it okay that she did that because she got what she wanted temporarily.
1: Right. It it doesn't really criticize or make a statement about the the culture that has led her there or the other people who made fun of her because... It's almost clear that if the fashion club were around at that time, they very much would have been involved in that.
0: Yeah, that would have been their equivalent in the 60s. Um, but speaking of ghosts, so you know how last week I told you the story of Costco and of Hill Hil- shall we call her Hillary? So... I mean, this isn't like a cord pulling situation, like she didn't reemerge, but I was going through a couple old boxes in my closet today to try to find a bow tie that I know I have somewhere to wear to the prom. And uh, spoiler alert, I'm wearing a tux, but you already know that if you've looked at in the past at (laughs) our stories. Anyway, um, I was in this old box and I found two little business cards that were her business cards. And one of them was the business card that she had written, she had like written her personal cell phone number across when she first like hit on me and was like, Hey, like your dog's really cute. Like, let me know if you want to go to the dog beach sometime and gave me that. And then the second one was a business card, the same, the same, her store name. And it just said,
1: shower period. Meet me there. I'm sorry. I think I blacked out. When did she give this to you? Uh, one
0: time I let myself into her condo and she knew I was coming over and that was like propped like right there in the floor right when I walked in. So I would see it. And apparently I saved both of these items. Well,
1: imagine you being late and then she's in there and she's just all like prony and stuff she's like I waited
0: that would be its own legend and then then she never came and then she haunted that condo for many (laughs) moons and anyone who tried to have sex in the shower would just become permanently pruned Pruned.
1: (laughs) Uh, so Jake takes Jane up on the offer for Trent to drive them to the mall Uh, However, Jake is a little apprehensive because Trent's car is a piece. And uh, his car stops working, but he has this like routine, which as someone who has always owned shitty cars, I know that there's a car that I had where every time that you tried to use it, you had to fill it up with an entire bottle of coolant just so that it wouldn't smoke. And that's when Trent talks about my fave herb ledge, Metal Mouth. In the 80s. Starring
0: Mr. DiMartino.
1: He uh, is not their wood shop teacher. He is their metal shop teacher who has rage issues. And he grinds his teeth so much because he's so irritated at everyone in his class that he grinds his teeth down to nothing. See,
0: I thought I found that even more terrifying than the rattling bones.
1: Okay, so this is something I wanted to talk about. You know. You know that, like, losing your teeth in a dream has very significant meaning, right?
0: I feel like I'd heard that, but I forget the symbolism of it.
1: Don't worry. I wrote it down. I I actually had... I wasn't worried. (laughs) So I had one of these somewhat recently, but no teeth in a dream imply inner aspects of ourselves that we don't recognize. It might be the ego feeling provoked or challenged, and in particular, teeth falling out is an inner reflection about how we feel about ourselves. So perhaps a lack of internal support, perhaps having trouble holding things together, get it, like gums, or more specifically, workplace anxiety. Ooh. But anyhow, Kevin... Kevin's character in the 80s makes fun of uh, Metal Mouth for not having any teeth. And so rather than getting dentures, he makes himself a pair of steel dentures. But the one flaw is that they pick up radio signals. But
0: really just the one song. They just pick up uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun.
1: Yeah, which I'm shocked that they got the rights for.
0: I was shocked, too, and I was wondering if it was because they only played a tiny clip that wasn't, like, the length of time that you have to have the copyright for.
1: Right. What What is it, like, six seconds?
0: Yeah, they, like, each time only played, Girls, just wanna have
1: fun. huh who girls. You know? Which I disagree with. We want a lot more than that.
0: That's for damn sure. I mean, I agree with what you just said.
1: But again, Metal Mouth, I would watch an entire movie about. If as he just haunts the students in his school. I think it's a strong premise.
0: Yeah, and in the legend we see Kevin's character in a car with a character that's meant to be Brittany and she's talking about hearing that song on the radio, but the radio's not on. And then they drive away, and then there's the steel teeth connected to the door handle, which I have a lot of questions, but, uh, you know, it's visually compelling. Like, why is he opening the door with his mouth?
1: Yeah. Sa- save that for biting Um Unanswered questions. I feel like this episode made me think about the movie Urban Legends. Do you remember that movie?
0: Yes. I remember the existence of it, but I don't think I saw it. <sighs>
1: It was a dark one, like like in terms of all those teen horror films that came out around that time. That one, in my opinion, was certainly one of the darkest.
0: Did you ever see Butterfly
1: Effect? Yeah,
0: that shit was real dark. Yeah, but you think this one was worse?
1: Yeah, this was like. What was its story?
0: What, why? So
1: so the story was was about like this group of college students who are learning about urban legends and one by one they all kind of like die by these urban legends so like there there was one about like a cat in a microwave
0: no 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 no. i think i maybe did see this but was it a dog in the microwave i think so was there another vignette of um of a piece of fried chicken that was a rat
1: i don't know if i remember that Oh, there's there's one about um, when you're driving in a car and someone flashes their brights at you to or I'm sorry, uh, when you're driving down this road and you see a car and it doesn't have its lights on, don't flash its brights, don't flash your brights at it because they'll turn around and kill you. And she uh, she does it, but the killer isn't in the car it's the killers in like the back seat.
0: So would she have died either way?
1: I think I got to watch this movie and refresh. But one of the ur- one of the urban legends was like if you put pop rocks in soda could you die and that's like w- one of the, the like college assignments that one of them does and pretends that they're like convulsing on stage but they're actually not. So like there's this I think Joshua Jackson was in it, but he that does That sounds right but like in rebecca or that i don't know mm, no that's um the faculty holy shit
0: um but-, but
1: but urban legend i think because it was so scary especially the end with rebecca Gayheart. like i think i've tried to press it all out of my brain
0: do you want to know what what legend i've never fucked with bloody mary hell yeah the one yeah. in the mirror in the dark in the bathroom? Yeah.
1: I, was that in that movie? Um, That might have been something. It, it might have. It, I don't remember if it was like saying something in the mirror. But my sister. So, okay. So at the house that I grew up in when I was younger, in the basement was like a very creepy bathroom. And I explicitly remember my sister like daring me to go say it. Three times in the mirror, and at one of her sleepovers, her friend Christina Ma- uh, Mazacoli—or I think I call her—I Ma- think I called her Christina Mastacoli. But anyways,
0: you jerk, <laughs> I forgot her last
1: name. So anyways, she did it, and she woke up the next morning with scratches on her face. But I don't know if she gave them to herself or not. But my sister Heather, she also told me to do one that was... I think it was like Big Baby or like Baby Boy, but it was... No,
0: no, no, no. Yeah,
1: but it was like a giant baby who would smother you. Yeah, that shit like scares me.
0: Do you remember the first time that you were cognizant of watching something that you should not be watching that like was not age appropriate in terms of your fear?
1: I think... I mean, I think most of those... I mean, I was a very scared child. Like, like up until probably when I turned 17, I checked my closet every single night before I went to bed and checked underneath my bed and would just, like, listen and think that there were sounds of, like, someone coming to kill me.
0: Right, because also when you talk about these movies, like, I was the one who was more age-appropriate to watch them. Like, you were younger, so when I think about when I was watching them, I was already pretty scared. But then I m- subtract a few years.
1: I I remember the first time being really cognizant of like how afraid I was was um, when I was younger and I watched Big Mama's House. And there's this scene where Terrence Howard like pops up out of nowhere and it like thunders and lightnings and I was fucking terrified and I couldn't watch Big Mama's House for years.
0: I remember going into the living room when my brother, who's five years older than me, and his friend were watching something on TV. And it was this woman who I remember, and I was very little. Like, I was probably like, I don't know, less than seven. And um, I remember feeling something about this woman. Again, it's like hindsight 2020 of knowing your queerness and then, or rather just knowing that you are gay just like everyone is. <laughs> but anyway, um I remember being like, oh, that's a, you know, compelled by this woman. She was beautiful. And then one of the other characters like I don't remember if she if he pushed her or whatever it was, he basically impaled her, like stabbed her in the stomach. And it was the first time I had ever witnessed graphic violence like that, and I like couldn't comprehend what I was seeing. And my brothers and his friends sort of realized too late, like, what was happening and that I was seeing it. And I remember them making, like, a big deal out of, like, no, she's totally fine. She's totally fine. And I, like, let myself believe it, but I knew she wasn't fine, you know? And that, like, that has stuck with me. It was a really haunting. And I don't know how you control that, like, how, I don't know that you're ever really, I don't know that you're ever really prepared to see graphic violence. It's just that we're inundated with it. So we're forced to at some point.
1: Right. But well, also, I think when you're younger, you're less prepared. Whereas now you like willingly put yourself in situations to watch like a horror or a thriller. Like I know that when I was younger and I just wanted to hang out with my dad and my sister and they'd watch Tales from the Crypt, I would just like sit with them and be like hating, hating what I was watching because I was horrified. But I just wanted to like be around them
0: oh it's like your source of comfort was was engaging in a distressing activity that's yeah. confusing I feel like th- some of the themes that we're talking about right now are actually like very apropos of the name of the podcast right now the Sicker setter but another thing that is really fucked up that I didn't fully realize existed until I started writing for a kids show is that there's a whole, like, super dark, shadowy arena of YouTube where there are videos that will be couched as for kids. Like, they'll be animated or sing-songy or whatever, and then spliced into them will be these, like, dark graphic images that you don't see oh coming. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like the, the I don't know if you saw the most recent American Horror Story season I only Mm -hmm. watched the beginning of it. It's the one that was, like, kind of modeled after, like, Trump getting elected. And the the two lesbian characters, Sarah Paulson and her wife on the show, have this adorable little boy. And there's this, like, babysitter who's really fucked up who comes in and starts, like, making him watch, like, real-life executions and stuff.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But that is a whole thing on YouTube. I don't know, man. If I ever have kids, like, we're going to live in the woods for 12
1: years. On to the next urban legend which is the House of Bad Grades. It's in the 1950s. They had just built a bomb shelter which very much reminded me of Blast from the Past which reminded me of the Brendan Fraser expose that I had recently just read that was very amazing.
0: Oh I loved that article.
1: It was great. The the major part of of that tale that was the most scary was Helen being submissive to Jake.
0: And scarier still was Miss Barch. Yeah. Talking about her man
1: and really meaning it. But in that urban legend, Daria was one of the the women who would have thought outside those parameters. And uh, she gives me major uh, Lisa Loeb vibes in those glasses. And what she's doing is writing her college admissions essay, which is kind of odd for her to be doing at that time. But she she goes into the bomb shelter uh, to to write her essay and she ends up getting cemented into the bomb shelter. Nobody from her family even realizes that she's in there. Uh, Jake thinks that or whoever is playing Jake thinks that she ran off to become a beatnik.
0: Yeah, and her family leaves her. They move away. They just assume she's gone. And uh, that's particularly scary, too, because it was a bomb shelter. So you know she probably survived a long time because she had rashes. Yeah, and can you imagine, like, that sort of death where that's your final meal for, for, for years, maybe? Who knows how long she could survive?
1: She didn't seem really
0: bummed. No, she was kind of like because she was Happy also the character. The she was also the character who was like, "Oh, if if the Cold War is ending and we aren't going to get nuked, I got to figure out another way to end my misery." Right. So she was already kind of borderline. Yeah. But
1: the legend is that every family that moved into that house, the kid would have bad grades forever because she never got to go do her educational adventure that that she she didn't
0: get to go to college so she wanted I'm to sorry I sabotage. called it an
1: educational adventure I wanted you to be on board with that
0: no I'm very much on board but I also wanted to I, I'm just doing the thing where I'm like that was the creative expression and here's the literal expression but also what an
1: impotent power
0: as a ghost I'm gonna lower your grades I don't know
1: that she a- was Betsy DeVos in that way just sabotaging (laughs) the future of young bright people (laughs) so back in reality they uh actually run into the fashion club jake jane daria and trent and by the time they run into each other quinn doesn't even want to ride home because they're so close to the house when jake daria and quinn get back to the house. Jake is waiting for Helen's validation because he got Quinn home, he made the lasagna, and all he wants to do is impress Helen and show her that he did the things that she wanted him to do.
0: And she doesn't give it to him. She's very, like, patronizing. Like, that's nice, dear.
1: But then something that breaks the reality is that Metal Mouth was there.
0: Yeah, Helen starts complaining about how she heard a song but the radio wasn't on and then she heard a strange sound and then it cuts to her car and sure enough, there's a steel mouthpiece
1: around her door handle. Well, I know that storyline is never going to be seen again.
0: Yeah, I mean, so Helen and Jake learn nothing at therapy. Metal Mouth is somehow a real dude.
1: Into that. That would be very cool if if season four there was just a serial killer
0: also how interesting that completely conveniently they happened to run into the fashion club in the middle of the street whereas in the last episode everyone in the town it seemed was in the same store and none of them ran into each other
1: lots of coincidences if i don't say so myself
0: <laughs> sure are
1: thank you for listening to this episode of sicker sadder world We got a website, sickersadderworld.com.
0: We're on Twitter, at sickersadder. You can also check out, while you're at it, the social for our new podcast, which we'll start in a couple months, called At Angel on Top Cast. And I hope you're enjoying the sweet sounds of our voices.
1: Yeah. Do they sound better? More clear?
0: Do you feel more included?
1: Or less included? Brought in? Let us know. Okay, do
0: let us know. Goodbye. Oh okay. And next week we'll also tell you about how the prom was. We'll tell you about how the prom was.